Welcome, everybody, to the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter. You can send us email. Has anyone ever sent us email? One time still. Really? Way, way early, like right after like the debut show. Yeah, we got one email. <laughs> oh, it's 213pod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, don't send us email. I don't know. Does anyone check it? No one. I, check, I, I, I mean, if it ever got, I, I might notice if it ever came in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris. You can find me on the tweet machine at CD Villasenor. And with me is Ty. I am. I'm here. And I'm also on the internet at SEATJK. Yeah, we are. We're, we're we're late this week again, but that's okay. We're, we're we lead busy lives. It's true. You know, I mean, I say we publish on Wednesday or Thursday. I think I'm just going to add Friday to the list because it seems like that's <laughs> just how it's going to be. <laughs> I think that. Well, what happened is when you publish on Friday and then you go to pod on Tuesday for a Wednesday, it feels really short. It did. And then as, and then like I don't really have a lot to say. And then Wednesday came and it was kind of a just a disaster from a scheduling standpoint and now we're here back on thursday to publish on friday oh i'll own up to it i'll own up to wednesday i'll own up to wednesday i spent a long day outside golfing (laughs) (laughs) i was was tired from golfing (laughs) well it was a lot of golfing it was well fair enough i love that took the day day off spent the day i was tired i was tired from golfing (laughs) you know it's funny speaking of walking there was walking miles of walking miles of walking the the sun my wife time all year my wife says to me she's like why didn't you go see the avengers tonight and i'm like i'm too tired she's like you're too tired to go to the movies i'm like well yes (laughs) you can be too tired to go to the movies and you know and we'll watch the avengers in its monster two hours and 45 minute running time and talk about that probably some other some other time but you can't be tired because there's going to be a 10 minute section where it slows way down and you might and just fall crash <laughs> just, uh, and then you wake up 45 minutes later when someone's shooting at somebody else and, like, and you have no shit. idea what's happening yeah shit what happened yeah and you can pay 16 i hope you enjoyed your 16 dollar nap yeah <laughs> anywho what are we talking about today well we're talking about a fantasy football draft, and we'll we'll get we'll get into this here in a well, second. We're talk about the real draft too. We're right? also going to talk about the real draft, and we're also going to talk about a Facebook meme that sort of percolated into my consciousness, and we'll talk about it. And then in the OT, we're going to uh, we're going to remember a famous performer who recently passed away, somebody who who uh, who I really liked. So anyway, uh, oh hey, we'll, we do get we do get emails. Oh, uh, I get I get our hosting bill every month. <laughs> we get we get junk mail. We get bills in yep. junk mail. But yeah, dude, I do. We do get hit up for marketing things because you know we have an email address. People don't use the email anymore. For, it's like business. It's like a business tool anymore. And it really like my is. my parents send me some email every now and again, but like nobody nobody really sends email anymore, right? I don't. I still have like these holdouts for who guys like who still communicate like it's two thousand and four. <laughs> like this group of guys it's like why are you why is email why are you it's so difficult to deal with and then my phone's ringing every like because every time somebody replies you know it's my main personal email account which i don't really get that much email on well, well and then things we'll just... going buck <laughs> tell them to pull themselves into the into the into the 20 teens well i created a group, <laughs> i created a group for everybody on facebook that nobody uses so you know that's oh, not Fair enough. All right. Anyway, here we are. So, what's our first topic? All right. So here, let's let me let me let me paint this picture for you. My friend, let's call him Mr. Smith, is getting married. Okay. In in August, and his wife, he and his bride, are have chosen a date that happens to fall on the traditional fantasy football draft date that he and his friends have had for years and years. Okay. So pause. Uh, how do you, how does he let that happen? Well, because no man is ever really in control of his own wedding, so that's how it happened. I mean, I guess. <laughs> right. They could. So, in all fairness, they could move it up a week. They could figure out something right. to do. But this is their traditional week. So I say to Mister Smith, I say, dude, it is a wedding. Invite all the people in your fantasy football league to your wedding and have the draft at your reception. You can do this. And he's like, well, my, my wife would get pissed. And I said, you can do it, and she'd never know. Well, I, 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 hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it seems to me like, in fact, what he's presented with here is a golden opportunity to combine events. Because, look, I don't know what kind of guy this is. I don't know how important the whole bachelor party experience is for him. Is mm-hmm. he, you know... No, I think he's going to do something relatively traditional. First marriage? First marriage. Really? Okay. First marriage. Uh, but is he doing it, like, well in advance? Is, is there a bachelor party planned? Is this something... No, I mean, no. I mean, no, I think they're... I think... I, I don't even know if it's traditional in the sense that... I don't even think they're going to... They might not go to the dance show. They might do... They might do like some hunting. They might do some fishing and beer drinking and whatnot. So what I would say then is that how much crossover are, is there for the folks that would attend that bachelor party with the fantasy football league? Yes, that would be fine. That would be an easy thing to say. Oh, let's have a bachelor party football draft. But listen, the golden opportunity is to be the guy who said years from now, <laughs> I had a full-on fantasy football draft at my wedding without my wife knowing (laughs) (laughs) okay so you really you have have ulterior motives you're trying to make history i well that's the point right this is (laughs) the golden this is the golden opportunity this is like a dude dream now here's here's a funny here's a funny aside my buddy rich and i used to do this thing called secret hokey pokey which is if you were at a party or you were waiting in line at a, at a din- like waiting for a table at a restaurant and people were like milling about and talking, you would start the secret hokey pokey. And so you would just stand there coyly doing the hokey pokey while, while, while you talk to people and, you know, and no one was paying attention. So secret hokey pokey was actually kind of funny till we got busted doing secret hokey pokey once where his wife goes, are you guys doing the hokey pokey? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, yes, we are. Anyway. Too, too, too much gusto in the turning around. That was maybe a little too much gusto in the turning around. It might have been too synchronized in doing it and got busted doing the hokey pokey. Anyway, this would be all time. Like, for any dude to be able to say, I knew a dude who, at his wedding, had a full-on fantasy football draft. Now, he's probably got about 150 people attending his wedding. So it's not a huge... I mean, it's a big wedding, but it's not like a 300-person monster wedding. Oh, 150 people. Pretty pretty sizable. Right. But if you had one of those 200-plus kind of weddings, this is an easy breezy. And if you had a 50-person wedding, I don't think you could pull it off. You got to be in the suites. So he's got... It's all lining up. It's all lining up for him to be able to say, I can have my fantasy football draft during my wedding reception, and no one would know, and it would be fine. Well, I guess I've, if, you, if at this point you're bringing all the fantasy football participants to the wedding, I, to me... They're, they're before, friends anyway. They're friends anyway. Well, I just don't understand why. Like, it's, it's almost like night before is too easy. Right, because I feel like if they're all there and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna go hang out with the guys." What I was getting at earlier was like, "Is there not a lot of crossover with the bachelor party?" It'd be easy to say, "Hey, I'm gonna go get together with the rest of the dudes. We're gonna have a last dudes night. We're not doing anything crazy. We're just hanging out, literally at a table, drinking beers and talking about football." You could do you could do it like post wedding or post rehearsal dinner. You guys yeah. just get together Easily. in a yes. at the hotel and just have. But but that's. No, that's not the point. The point is, you could do this at your wedding, and 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 no one would know. I think only, what you should do if you really want only you and your league, only you and the league guys would know. I think what you should do then is is you should do it in a mass text chain, and you get everybody just texts no, in their picks. You and could, so there's no, just a draft no, order. No, everyone has their phones. You're just go ahead. You're just. Oh, you want to do like the full-on mobile app? Yeah. You are you going to go expand ESP- the draft window to like four or five minutes then? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you expand the draft window. So it's going to take four and a half hours. Well, it's a wedding reception. It's going to take <laughs> four and a half hours anyway. You can you can do this. I think that, well, it's I think it's an, I think it's easily done by people who aren't the groom. I think what happens is when you're the groom, to get your picks in, you have to have maybe some sort of, you have to have a, you have to have an accomplice. As sure. the groom, you're going to need a proxy. Yes, but like, you're going to you have, have to, to have someone. But they're going to. But see, if like every time he your your proxy brings you a drink, because you know how you always have you know how you can never get your own drink at a wedding because you're glad handing all the people from out of town and blah blah blah. So every yeah, time I just ignored everybody. So 
There's a shocker. <laughs> oh, I was there. You did? You ignored everybody? No, you did no, not. No. You were you were very social. The um, but so every time your your accomplice brings you a drink or something, you could just quickly make some sort of, you know, some sort of it, some it, sort of deal. It requires a significant effort on the groom. He's got to do a bunch of pre-ranking. It has to be like no, he can't spend much time looking. Yes, that's the hard part is to be able to say what your buddy's going to show you the phone. <laughs> you're going to have to make a pick of some kind. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're in a keeper league and you only have to make five or six picks, it's easy. But if you're doing yeah, a yeah. full-on snake draft, right. It gets it gets a little it gets tough. Actually, so what I think we should do at this point is instead of you um having your buddy do this, we should go ahead and start an ad agency and we should pitch this to ESPN as our first campaign for their fantasy mobile app. Because now I can see this happen, like a, a, a like a 30 second spot where this happens, where the guys are like checking in their jackets and then they're, they're doing right. the draft at the wedding and then there's like dancing or and he like spins Apple, around, phones Apple, all out. Apple watch. Is there an Apple watch app oh. for this, this draft? I mean, there's lots of, we have lots of choices here. And I know, think you should just try it and at this point the, just for the sake the, of, of novelty. The, right. Right. Yeah. I've never heard of anyone doing this before and it just happens that this Mr. Smith here has this opportunity to make it go. And it would be the greatest story ever told. It would be like the Bible and then this. It would be like the two best stories, the two greatest stories ever told. Is he the commissioner? He might be he might be the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess the logistics I, of it, the logistics of it. How do we help him? I think that accomplice is a is a must. You have to have somebody doing stuff for you. You have yeah. to have. I think he might have a nephew who's like a teenage nephew. He can tap and say, "Hey, you're you know you've got my you've got. I'm gonna log you in on your phone to my account, and you're gonna and we're gonna work this together." The rest of the guys, it's no problem. Like you've got your phone out. Yeah. You're you're drinking at the bar. You're hanging out with other dudes. You're dancing with your so in and you're oh it's your, it's my turn to pick. I'll I'll just pick. Right, right. So it really comes down to if you don't want to get busted by the bride doing your fantasy football draft at your wedding reception because it might be a short lived marriage. <laughs> there might yeah. be there might be a divorce the next day. You do run a bit of a risk. However, yeah, you definitely need some sort of communication channel so because there's going to be an either or decision you're going to have to make at some point, and you sure. need somebody else who's running it for you. So you really get you got to find somebody who's in the league who is, you know, uh, righteous enough <laughs> to to not like actively fuck him over if they're going to be helping him out. Right, right. I think that I think that maybe maybe an an, an independent like. Someone who's not in the league, but is in his family, who he can trust to to uh, to to make some decisions that he can't make. I I, I got to tell you, I think it's got to be a league mate because if you bring in another another party, this person has no reason to not rat you out, and at some point it's going to get like slip up and tell the story. And then, <laughs> we're having a fo- we're having the fantasy football draft. This is one of those oh, things in your marriage where screwed. it's like, yeah, you have to figure out how many years to wait before you come clean and tell your wife about that time that you had the fantasy football draft at the wedding. <laughs> There's no way you can keep it a secret forever. It will eventually come out. It will eventually come out. Actually, no, it'll probably come out the next week where she goes, Hey, when are you and your friends having your fantasy football draft? Oh, no, honey, we already had it. <laughs> we had it the other night. What do you mean the other night? Yeah, we did it online the other night. What night? Saturday night. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, well, Mr. I, Smith. I look Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith might be listening. He might be listening, and and Mr. Smith, if you're out there listening, I see you go for it. I see you well, go for it, and you let me know how it works out. Well, Mr. Smith, you know if you want a remote participant to draft your team for you, if I'm free that night, I volunteer. <laughs> I I, run, I play in multiple leagues. I am a commissioner of one. Ty's Ty's very solid. He's very I've, solid. He can. I've, you don't want me. You don't want me drafting your team, but you you'd want Ty to draft your team. I have multiple championships under my belt. <laughs> As do I, but still. All got right, anyway. Ra- got them rings. <laughs> <laughs> and good luck, and if I don't see you before then, happy marriages. I look forward to uh, an update in six months. Yep, we'll get an update. We'll, we'll round back. We'll see if he's got the guts. All right, next thing up, NFL Draft tonight. 
as we recording on Thursday night. Um, the uh, yeah, this was going to be a preview. Now it's yeah. going to be a reaction piece <laughs> <laughs> at Jerry World. Man, that was, I mean, they they really pulled out all the stops. You know, they they found the biggest TV on the planet. Yep. And they just uh, you know billion, the 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 two billion dollar house of of Jerry Jones. And uh, how many people? I didn't even I didn't see any of the drafting because I was doing stuff, but um, I was tracking how it was going. But did you look? Did you get a chance to look, watch it at all? Did you see what the atmosphere was like? Did they have a yes. lot of people there? Yeah, it was busy, and it, like, it looked like they had like a lot of different little areas set up where there was like lots of dining, and then they were running like highlight packages of the various players. So there was sort of a pre when the you know I wasn't really watching it. It was like I flipped it on, and then I started uh-huh. cooking dinner. Yeah. So. I was kind of listening to, but really, Trey Wingo do a really terrible job hosting tonight. Like he made multiple errors, was really having a hard time keeping track of like the order of things. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what's going on. It really kind of seemed like he was out of it. But uh, the 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 things that stuck out to most for me in the first round uh, before we get to the picks was that the crowd still lustily boos Goodell anytime he comes out. That's always <laughs> great. He deserves it. He, deserves he really does. It. He's a big he piece really, of shit. Yeah, he deserves to get booed. Uh, and then poor. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and poor, poor Lamar Jackson, who got picked at the last pick in the first round and had to sit there as all the tables around him sort of slowly emptied out. <laughs> and at the end, like, if you look on Twitter now, you'll probably be able to see some shots of him. And he's wearing, like, this bright Kelly green, like, suit. And he's there with his girl. And, like, toward the end, he's, like, slumped over, like, with his phone. He's, like, looking at it like this. <laughs> really sad. You know, that's... You gotta. You just got to. You have to sit up and be proud of the fact that you've won a Heisman Trophy and you're one of the top football players. I mean, granted, granted, you're wasting away in terms of your pick, but you know, there's no reason to get. There's no reason to get all bent out of shape about. You're gonna make a couple million bucks before this is all over. So let's 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 try to keep it slightly in perspective. Yeah, I'd like to actually. What I would like I know to see proud. from, of course, I, I'd like to see him just sit there, steely-eyed, getting more and more visibly angry as the time went by. I was, I would like him to start writing little note cards and showing him to the camera. Like every time <laughs> someone passes him, it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a stake through your heart. Like you know, every time, every or like, like drawing rude like rude pictures of their mascots and stuff like that. So every time they can, like every time a team passed me, I'd be like, y- you just made the list green Bay or whatever. Just getting more angry. That would be well, pretty funny. Well, the flip side of that is the thing I saw Baker Mayfield put on social media, which I think perfectly sums up the Baker Mayfield experience. Uh, so he did a, you're familiar with the Brett Favre photo from the draft in the in <laughs> <laughs> hashtag jorts. <laughs> yes. If you're not familiar, listeners, uh, go ahead and look up Brett Favre draft photo jorts and you'll find what, <laughs> what we're talking about. Uh, so they did like a, a remake of that shot. He posted that on Twitter and he did like a side by side of the Brett Favre picture. And I was like, oh, that's fun. That's cool. And then it was like the next reply to the tweet was same again from his account that was like, see more at this link and then a hashtag for like Baker the Baker show or some shit like that. I'm like, yeah, so there we go. See, so like just doing it organically cool and fun doing as a marketing ploy for some sort of show about you that I have to watch yeah. douchey and terrible right? <laughs> the line is so fine it is very it is a very fine line between doing something because it's funny and yes having your marketing team try to spin up some sort of thing outside of football when in fact Baker Mayfield you should be concentrating on football at this point and nothing but because it you may die <laughs> so I'm just saying. So let's get let's hit let's get into it. So there we go. The fr- yeah. round one pick one, um, Baker Mayfield, quarterback, Oklahoma. This was it was this was funny watching the media sort of sp- roll into this. Like it was like Darnold, 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 and we heard that over and over and over again for weeks and weeks on end. And then maybe about a day and a half ago. Someone yeah. said, might be Baker Mayfield. I hear Cleveland really likes Baker Mayfield, and all of a sudden, it's Baker Mayfield. Yeah, before the draft started, it was it looked like it was going to be a certainty based on the takes that I was seeing. So there was obviously some news coming out of the, 
the Browns camp. I don't really understand it. Um, I'll just go on record right now and say that I think that Josh Rosen will be the best quarterback to come out of this draft. I mean, or, or, Lamar, or Lamar Jackson is possible, but Josh Rosen is the guy I would have taken. Um, Josh Rosen? Rosen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rosen penis. I, I, I appreciated the, the kismet, and I don't know if this is offensive. Hopefully not, but uh, the fact that he ended up getting drafted by the Cardinals, Rosen, I don't mean to skip to pick 10, but uh, mean that he had to come out with a, with a, a hat that said, Rise up, Red Sea. And I was like, really? So Josh Rosen is going to have the Red Sea hat? And then I had to, yeah. Yes. It's, there's, lots of, there's lots of synergy there. Yeah. You know. I like it. Anyway, Baker Mayfield, you know, the upside is maybe he's kind of a budget Russell Wilson. Yeah, so the comparison, the comparison is Drew Brees, I guess, which, you know, Russell Wilson drew, brought uh, Drew Brees comps as well. Um, yeah. Young Drew Brees. I don't know. I You know, the take I, the, the one take that I heard was he only runs a 4.8, and, you know, he's got to be elusive. I know Russ is not that fast in straight line either, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, it's just it's really hard to know if your um, elusivity is going to transfer to the NFL. It's just it's, – and if, if he can't do another thing, I'm not sure that he can be successful. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, he's also I, clearly a prick. <laughs> That's whatever. <laughs> whatever. They're all kind of a prick, mostly. All right. Anyway, uh, second pick to the New York Football Giants, Saquon Barkley, running back, Penn State. This is interesting to me. So you have basically a fossil of a quarterback at this point. Yeah. Granted, I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue Eli Manning into the Hall of Fame. Guy's got two rings. I don't really care what else you have to say about it. Um, <laughs> I think he gets in. Uh, just on the quality of those two wins over dynasty, uh, over a dynasty team. And uh, I think you've got to take care of your future by getting one of these quarterbacks in a draft this deep. But they decide to go with the running back, and I think Saquon Barkley would be a fine running back, but what are running backs worth in the NFL these days anyway? And... You know, I don't know. I, it seemed it seemed like uh, the Giants uh, had a good chance to to take care of whatever was, ail- w- w- whatever will be ailing them in at least two years, right? When yeah. Eli Manning is not playing football anymore. Well, limited to the uh, the or, or according to the limited New York media that I consumed, it seems that the Giants are actually pretty comfortable with having Eli as the quarterback for at least two more seasons. Um, so I don't know if they think there's somebody coming out next year who could back him up or they're going to wait till even the year after or make a trade or whatever their plan is. But they didn't have, according to what I read, they didn't seem to have any interest in a, in a quarterback uh, at all. And given that they haven't had any kind of a, a running game for the better part of four years now, basically since they were in the Super Bowl, um, I can understand this pick. And, I, you know, people say well, it's not worth it to take running back that high, and I understand all the reasons why. But Saquon Barkley is one of those guys where – you just have to pick him. If you want him, you have to take him with your first pick. It doesn't matter where in the draft it is, because if you don't pick him, someone he's not going to be on your team. That's just it's just like a fantasy draft, where if you player that you like, you know it's a little early, but you know he's not making it back to you, then you need to make the you need to pull the trigger. Yeah, and on the on the flip side, the counter argument is maybe a, an effective running back makes. Eli more effective to have a, a, a weapon in the back. It takes a little of the yeah. takes a little bit, and then you're going to get a healthy Odell back, and right. we'll just see how the whole thing we'll see how the whole thing goes. But um, I just know that you're the windows essentially closed, right? In the, especially the, in the NF, especially in the NFC East, where it's rough. Well, the pick makes me feel like they're they're going to try to win now, and then maybe not sign him to a second contract. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But the winner, <laughs> the, the the winner here is pick number three. The Jets fall right into Sam Darnold. Oh, that seems like a match made in hell. Sure. I don't believe in Darnold. I'm a not, I'm a Darnold non-believer. Really? Yeah, I can't get on board with, with quarterbacks with a stupid look on their face. I just can't. <laughs> I know that's probably not a great like indicator of success. But when I think about the greats, the only one who has a generally stupid look is the one you just mentioned. Uh, Elisha Manning himself. Ben Roethlisberger generally has a stupid look on his face. And I'd argue that he's actually not that great. <laughs> he's got a Although, Super Bowl. Sure, he's got a no, ring. More than one, right? Yeah. So yeah, no. anyway, uh, Darnold, Darnold there. I think, what what is it about teams that, that when they're drafting players, I don't think they... Th- 
They must think about it. How can you not think about this? We'll go a little over on this one. Well, how do you not think about where you play? I mean, Sam Darnold grew up in California, Southern California. Right. He's from Southern California. He played as well as college in, in Southern California. You're going you're gonna to send him to New York City where it's cold as hell in the winter and think he's going to play well? I mean, wouldn't you think maybe someone like Josh Allen, who's who played in Wyoming where <laughs> it's cold as hell and he's got serious arm strength? And I, I think he's... I mean, it's the same. It's the Carson Wentz argument, right? He goes to Philadelphia. The guy's totally. He played played football in North Dakota. The guy right. could handle it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go well. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if it didn't. Well, speaking of Josh Allen, he went seventh to the Bills, and not to pass mm-hmm. over the defensive players, but you know, and the offensive linemen. But y- y- come on, we, yeah, well, sh- we have a limited amount of time here. <laughs> we do. All right, one more. One more hit before we jump to the next is uh, Bradley Chubb going to the Broncos and having Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on the same defensive line. Did you see the, well, you haven't seen it then. Von Miller did a reaction video. He's oh, he did. Yeah. He did the, the live the periscope and uh, him freaking out when he's running around the hotel room screaming, or maybe it was his house. I don't know. Those guys, those that they're going to be, they're going to be scary. All right. We'll come back to, uh, we'll come back to some other stuff, maybe at a later date when, when, uh, when things get rolling. The last thing I'll say about Josh Allen is that I would not have drafted him like at all. Like it would not have made my board because the way I look at the guy like that, best case scenario is Jay Cutler and the most common or most likely outcome is Jake Locker. You think so? You think he's, you think he's in that territory? You don't if you think can't he's... complete 50% of your passes in college, it's not going to suddenly get better. That's know. the lesson I, I take away from here's that. Here's the thing. Also, I don't know what kind of talent they had at Wyoming. That's a bullshit excuse. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he <laughs> threw it close. I mean, here's the thing. Let's say you were a you had so-so accuracy, but you got to throw to like Julio Jones. Sure, it's going to help. Like it's going to help. It's going to is it going to help 5%? Is it going to help 10%? If you're good, if you're an elite quarterback, I don't care how shitty your wide receivers are, you should be able to complete fifty percent of your passes. I don't know. It's you know, we'll see. All right, I'm not, I'm not totally. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, and props to Vita Vea for getting drafted twelfth. Hey, boy. what up? Go, do- go dogs. <laughs> Going to Tampa. That's nice yeah. in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on to our next thing. So, um, this is sort of a draft of sorts. Not really. Anyway, there's been a Facebook <laughs> meme that's been going around about uh, sure. people po- posting up their their favorite records. They just you know they just post the they just post the album cover without comment, and then they then they hit somebody with it. And I was like, you know, I love music, and so I was thinking oh, a lot of people have interesting things to put up. Um, you know, mostly mainstream stuff. There's some there's some real music, you know, music heads who put up stuff I've never heard, which is always pretty interesting because at least at least it gets me out to YouTube to try to pull one or two songs or whatever just to kind of hey it's like who's that why are they cool right um, so but I tend to have more mainstream taste sure it's just that's just that's just who I am but uh, I thought maybe we go through uh, five albums and right. uh, just you know favorites I'm going to start my my list are all going to be 1990 or earlier for this go around and maybe we'll cut again well, maybe there's another segment, but 1990 is really pre 1990, like high school and in the 80s when you know a young person could listen to a lot of records, and it was harder to listen to records in 1990. Not to be the old man going, you kids and your access to all the music that's ever been made ever in one second. And back in 1990, you had to you had to commit. You had to either know somebody who bought that record. Or you had to take a flyer and say, I'm going to yeah. buy this CD, and if it's shit, I'm going to have to live with it. It was really hard to spend $15 on something, and then you bring it home, and you're like, oh, no, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right? And to, be, and to try to be an early adopter in that age, day and age yeah. is really difficult. So right, well, I'll, I'll tell you how that. I did it. I, I was, I've been mixed to you. you come back. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm, I'm going to admit something on the podcast right now. So my parents, one thing they always did for me was they always made sure I had a half-decent boombox rig because um, I was into music from a young age. And so I had, like, one of those high-speed cassette dubbers. Um, sure. And, and so I've been doing the, you know, recording the radio and all that stuff, but I became a mixtape king because I just started shoplifting singles from the Sam Goody <laughs> <laughs> and using them to make mixtapes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I just want to throw in that anecdote. 
<laughs> I was a teenage criminal. Fine. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Easy enough. All right. So uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start. And Are you um, going to do it? Uh, are you doing any sort of chronological order? Or like, no. I know that no. the, the, okay, the meme was sort of like the, the 10 albums that impacted you the most or something. Impacted you. I mean, there's more than 10 albums that impacted me. And, and some are on this list. So... Um, but the the probably it's one somebody posted today on the on Facebook, but it was the uh the big one for me, it's Purple Rain. Um Purple the first ten minutes of Purple Rain made me want to play music better. So, you know, you're as you're a kid, you're you're dinking around, you know, with your friends and you're playing a little garage band or whatever. And that first ten that let's go crazy, the first ten minutes of Purple Rain after that first ten minutes, I said, "I don't know. I don't know how. I don't care how much I have to practice. <laughs> I don't care what I do. I'm going to get good at this." Nice. And so it's uh, it's it, it holds a, a very special place in my heart. And I also got to see Prince during that tour, so that was uh, an early an early concert memory for me. So, um, yeah. So that's my, I'm leading off with Purple Rain. All right. Mine is maybe the most obvious selection I could probably come up with, but it is the one that I, it's the first album I remember listening to front to back and the one I remember wearing out the most, uh, Michael Jackson Thriller. Um, really woke me up to music, period. Um, made me want to learn how to dance. So in the same way it made, made you want to play music, uh, I learned how to, you know, watching the MJ videos, learning all the moves. At one point I knew the Billie Jean two-step, the whole sequence with the stepping and the, the twirling. <laughs> um, huge in my life and, and you know, MJ remained huge in my life uh, right up until it got to the point where it was like, okay, it seems like maybe you've touched children, so I'm going to have to stop now. <laughs> that music still, that comes on, yeah, and you're and just like, killer. this is so it's killer. good. Yeah, it's like a Phil Spector record. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. Side note on Thriller, did you read that Quincy Jones interview from Just excerpts. Just excerpts. Oh, what a... <laughs> train wreck that is it's so awful it's so bad you should you should read you should read the whole thing i don't know where it ran like the new yorker or esquire i don't think it'd be hard to find oh it's just oh god it's brutal what i read read like he was on the lewds yeah oh (laughs) jesus it was so bad all right my next uh my next um record that i'm putting up again pre-1990 uh master of puppets from metallica all right it is yeah just a just a great record. Um, it was sort of in the midst of all the hair metal that I liked. It was the thing that was not hair metal. It was the, it was that thrashy teenage dirtbag thing. They were doing something completely different than what I was listening to mm-hmm. for the most part, and uh, and it cuts through right. I think that uh, I saw them, I saw them play uh, at the Monsters of Rock that Van Halen hosted uh, one summer and yeah, I was just, I was just hooked. So master puppets. All right. Uh, mine is Def Leppard hysteria. And this is again, a record that like sort of fundamentally changed my outlook on music. Um, it was like right when I was getting into watching MTV, uh, the Porsche from sugar on me video really uh, holds a special place in my heart. Um, I remember playing the hysteria cassette out on like the back patio on the outside of our house and like pretending to do air guitar like to the whole record like just in the backyard alone like a goober sure <laughs> and sure. i use the the motion light like the porch light as a spotlight <laughs> like i was doing this in the evening like the light above me i got the air guitar going a little stereo deck yeah i just needed some beers and it was gonna happen <laughs> anyway yeah uh, Changed my changed my relationship with music, um, and really like that's when I started to start buying records. Like Thriller was an osmosis thing, right? I was younger and it was just being played a lot. This was one of those things where it was like I had agency for the first time in the choices I was making. Right, and uh, so I was I you know I guys my age or people my age discovered Def Leppard during Pyromania, which mm-hmm. was four years prior. So when I was in junior high school, was when Pyromania hit, and and what's funny about Hysteria is the first single that they put out wasn't that good because it's the worst song on that record. It's Women or whatever that song is. It's, a ter- mm-hmm. it's the worst song on the whole record. And then there's so was, many good songs. I know that's the thing. So that that record is dying on the vine, and then they release Sugar, and it was it was over from there. Just I don't know, it sold like eighty million copies. 
something. Okay, so yeah, so okay, I'm gonna real quick. Yeah, women, whatever. I don't remember that song. That's how bad it was. Yeah, Rocket. I absolutely know it hard to by heart. Sure. Animal. Yeah. Love Love Bites for a shitty power ballad. Not the worst. Animal may be my favorite track on the record, but okay. Animal's great. No, no. Love say Love Bites is bad. Okay. It's good. It's good. Bad. It's like uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sugar, like you said. Armageddon. It might be my favorite track on the record. (laughs) Are you getting it? (laughs) Are really getting it? Yeah. Uh, Gods of War, which I don't really remember, but then there's Don't Shoot Shotgun, Run Riot, Hysteria, Excitable, and Love and Affection. This album yeah. is just dominant. Don't Shoot Shotgun is a good record. Yes, it, it is. Yeah, I like that one. All right, good call. Um, let's see. I, you, I can't do a a uh, pre-1990s mix without Rush because I am a drumming nerd, and we all worship at the, at the, uh, at the feet of Neil. So uh, I put moving pictures on. Um, it is sort of quintessential Rush, you know, Tom Sawyer, Limelight, just great. I mean, there's, you know, Red Barchetta for you <laughs> real Rush nerds. Um, yeah, I, and I always love to go see Rush because when you went to see Rush in concert, it was like a bunch of dudes. And the and the women they dragged to go see Rush. Now, not to not to be, I know there are female Rush fans, and I think both of you are terrific. <laughs> um, but it's always hilarious to see a bunch of uninterested women at the Rush show, uh, with their air drumming douchebag boyfriend, husband slash SOs. Me being one of them. As I say, this sounds real personal. <laughs> like my wife would go to a rush show, please. No, he couldn't get her. No, no, she would never go. I don't think my next one is very remarkable, but it uh, I think it speaks to where I was when it came out. Um, it's Everclear, Sparkle and Fade. So this was my sort of, I didn't hold myself to pre-90s for obvious reasons. We talked about Wait, this. But, uh, um, let's see, Sparkle and Fade is... Um, it's, it's 95. Santa Monica. It is, yes, oh, correct. The... That's the one with Santa Monica, yes. Yeah. And so, like, I think my taste tended to skew a little bit more mainstream at the time, too. So I liked grunge, but I wasn't, like, I didn't love it the way my friends did. I actually didn't start loving Nirvana until I got a little older. Mm -hmm. Um, But Everclear, for me, was sort of the grunge-adjacent record that I really enjoyed. It was a little more upbeat. It still had some angsty lyrics. It had a pop sensibility to it. Correct. Slightly more accessible. Yeah, and it was, like, from the area of the country that I was from, so I, like, connected it with it that way. I like Afterglow better. I don't think it's a better record, but I, I, the songs are crisper and the recording is cleaner, but it's not as interesting from a songwriting perspective, I don't think. Yeah. All right. Since we're out of time, I'll do one more. I think it's only four. We'll do one more each. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Extreme Pornography. Now, this is, you know, everyone does the whole more than words thing, but if you are into serious guitar <laughs> playing of the era, yeah, Nuno Betancourt's performance on pornography is maybe one of my favorite guitar performances from that entire era of big hair it's an excellent choice rock. it's an excellent choice i i uh it's i actually dumb. forgotten about it so you brought it up right now yeah it's it's dumb the whole performance on that record is just mind-blowing it's and really terrific probably this probably speaks about when it came out um because i literally i don't think i've ever heard another human being say the word of the the name of the album out loud uh-huh. And so for my entire life, without thinking too much, too hard about it, I realized I've been calling it porno graffiti. So uh-huh. I'm missing the pun for 25 years until <laughs> <laughs> you just said it and literally blew my mind. On the, well, not literally, <laughs> figuratively blew my mind as we sit here and speak. I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense. <laughs> oh, pornography as opposed to porno graffiti? Yeah, I was always yeah. like, what, like a like you like you spray painted a dick on the wall? <laughs> Never really understood it. Sure, that would be it. That would that would I think that would count as pornography. It sounds a lot cooler when you say it the right anyway, way too. If you haven't if you if you haven't if you haven't listened to it in a decade, at least like if you haven't listened to anything else besides more than words in a decade and you have access to pornog, you should go listen to it. Yeah, the only extreme record I ever owned was uh three sides. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 not a great record. No, but it's per, not. But Pernog is awesome. All right, so my last one, like you said, we're out of time. Is uh, self-titled "In Sync" by the In Sync. <laughs> what? No the, strings. No strings is the better record. 
That's not, I remember I was picking albums that had a <laughs> impact. On correct. You. Got it. And and the InSync record was because I had hated the Backstreet Boys up to this point. I was like, oh god, New Kids Redux. I hated New Kids when they were they first came out. I was sure. like, I don't want to hear this crap. And then I heard tearing up my heart. And my perspective on pop music sung by men changed 100%. I was like, you know what? I do, in fact, love this music, and I will not be ashamed of it any longer. No, why would you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great record. I think that, uh, I think that, you know, I think that they're, it's the, it's, it was the second records that are the best records from those, those, those two. From Backstreet's, what is it? It's not Millennium. Is it Millennium? The, the back, which which the Backstreet with uh, I want it that way. Which I is want maybe it that the, way. Which is maybe one of the greatest pop songs ever crafted in the history of pop. No doubt. Did you do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? I did see that. Li- <laughs> I someone posted that online and just that scene and it's hilarious. That was great, especially the yes number five is the one that murdered my brother. Oh, I forgot about that part. <laughs> Like that was the joke, right? It was, that yes, was, yeah. That was that was the actual joke, and that was that's a that's a funny scene. But and yes, it's Millennium that has "I Want It That Way" on it. Yeah, that's a great record. Um, and yeah, that no self-titled In Sync record is not good. No Strings is a much better record, but um, it's it's just tearing up my heart. That track alone, that that that's carrying all the water for me here. Yeah, it makes and, me want to put it on when we're done. And In Sync was definitely the they were the best sing dance. They were the best sing dance of the boy bands. Yeah, they had a lot more dance moves. They worked really hard. Yeah. In terms of their dancing, so they they will they'll always have that. Because I am looking at the still photo for "I Want It That Way" YouTube video, and it is <laughs> absurd what they're doing. The dance, the middle of the dance move they're in. Oh god, the Backstreet Boys are terrible dancers. They really the... bad. They're really bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. That was fun. all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we might we might revisit that again someday different parts of your life because that's the thing about music right when you're at certain points of your life music kind of comes in comes out yeah um so that's fun good so good for you all you people on you on uh, on facebook for posting your uh, your um your album covers it was fun i like looking at them all right um in our overtime segment uh, I wanted to touch uh, briefly, or however, not briefly, we, we do over time, um, on uh, the passing of Harry Anderson, who, um, and now for those of you who don't know who Harry Anderson is, Harry Anderson is, was a comic and an actor who starred on uh, Night Court back in the 80s, early 90s. So um, in looking at it, I think, I think it's funny because, again, today... People don't have people, you know, with DVRs and all that kind of stuff. People don't watch appointment, mm-hmm. but but NBC in two different eras had Thursday night programming that pretty much owned the world, right? And this was one of those. This Thursday night was Cosby before he drugged and raped a bunch of women, or during the time he was drugging and raping women, but we just didn't know about it. Oh my god, <laughs> so terrible! But the Cosby Show was pretty terrific. I mean, you can't watch it anymore, but at the time, it was pretty amazing. Cheers was on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, Family Ties, mm-hmm. Night Court, mm-hmm. and Hill Street Blues. So Thursday- I always had to go to bed before Hill Street Blues started. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and I wasn't particularly that interested in Hill Street Blues, but I understood that it was quality television, although it wasn't for me, personally, because I just didn't do one-hour drama as a kid. But that's a pretty great lineup. And and uh, and I always had a th- I always loved a good stand-up. And I think that um, Harry Anderson was, wasn't, wasn't, uh, I don't think he, get, he gets, doesn't get a lot of credit for being a great stand-up. But he was. He, he always had that shifty con man. He had that shifty con man, carnival kind of thing going on where he would kind of do magic and jokes at the same time uh he used to appear on cheers every now and again mm-hmm. as this character called harry the hat i remember who that would come who would just blow into the bar and and sam would be like get out of here but then he'd like find a way to to bilk somebody out of like built coach <laughs> out of out of a bunch of money and, and sam would be like go oh, don't talk to him and he would just do some sort of sidewalk you know con man shtick and it was always pretty amazing so um, 
I don't know. I just thought uh, I just thought he was he was pretty young, you know, sixty five years old, and I I know we hadn't seen him in quite a while, but uh, but I I just I just think that uh, I just wanted to I just wanted to give a little tip of the hat. To, yeah, for sure. To Harry Anderson, as a as a fairly young, I mean, I was a child when the show ran. I couldn't have been more than seven or eight years old. Um, I remember watching it a lot in syndication too. Um, and I remember a couple of specific things that Harry Anderson specifically was like, he was like my, felt like my adult friend cause he sort of had a childlike sensibility about him. Sure. And so I always felt like I, it, he, he always felt like if I ever had to go to court, I really wanted him to be the judge cause he would like <laughs> be cool and nice. Um, right. the other things I remember are, are less about Harry Anderson and more about my relationship with night court, which apparently was really intense because I watched it. I, Night Court and then later on Taxi. And I can't remember if Night Court was a Nick at Night syndication run or if it was just that it was on like some sort of, you know, the, the hour that Golden Girls had previously been on. And it was just one of those hours I used to watch right. sitcoms. Like in syndication. Just yeah, one yeah. Of those, um, yeah. Just six o'clock syndication or the whatever. Yeah, whatever was happening. Like whatever came on after cartoons or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like spending a lot of time memorizing all the cast because this is a period of time where my life where I was like, I, I don't know why, but I felt like it was really important to amass like a ton of knowledge about shit that didn't matter. Cause it might come up later and I would win sure. like a trivia contest by knowing that like, you know, that John Larroquette played uh, uh, the lawyer on night court or what have you. And then the last memory I have of night court is like probably one of my first older women crushes in Marky post. Yeah. Marky put no one rocked a no one rocked a woman mullet like Marky did, <laughs> like the the giant Christmas bow oh, on the man. top of the head and then like this straight down the back. <laughs> she was she's so she was so hot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marky Post was so hot. Marky Post, I'm not have to look up Marky Post now. <laughs> but uh, how old is Marky Post? Is she still alive? Yeah. Do we have a Marky Post. She's around. She, she still is? works. Yeah, she works. Wow, she does. Yeah, she plays somebody's mom on some show. Um, <laughs> Good. That's, that's nice. on. That's something that's on right now. Holy crap! She's like sixty-seven years old. Yes. Marky Post might end up being the oldest woman I would make out <laughs> with at some say. point. It's creeping up there. She, you know, once you're into once you're into about seventy years old, you're in the running. You're in the. You're absolutely in the running for. For um, oldest woman, I would make out with, and uh, and uh, hey, let's let's keep an eye on Marky Post. I think that uh, Olivia Newton-John might have to die first before before Marky Post becomes <laughs> that. But um, but we're close. We're in there somewhere. That's well, hilarious. <laughs> I haven't thought about Marky Post in a long time. Thank you. She was playing. Uh, she was playing Sophia Bush's mom on Chicago PD until recently. <laughs> Man, that's just TV I ain't watching. I'm, I mean, that's uh, there's. I, I can't say I'm watching it. I can say that it's on sometimes in the house, but I'm not paying attention to what's happening. <laughs> wow. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's a uh, sort of a sort of a you know what what I think the Harry Anderson passing really was that whole that whole era of TV where you had to watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You had to you had to actively watch it. You couldn't just say, "Oh, let me pull this up on on demand and binge off you know four or five shows and then put it away for a while and whatever." It's like Thursday night came around. It's like, "Oh, I don't know. I'm turn. I'm not going. I'm not doing anything but watching this TV on Thursday night because that was it." And uh, you know, seemed a little simpler then. So you know, this is this is part of that the you know the part of the era where you know just people are passing away. <laughs> More people are passing away than. You know that that you remembered. It's going to keep happening. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. And you know, when I pass away, you know, what will they say about me? I don't know. I, the, suppose it, I suppose it depends the, on how many downloads we get. <laughs> <laughs> when the end comes, I know they'll say just a gigolo. <laughs> life, life will go on without me. That seems like a good a note as any to end the show on. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. We always appreciate your support all over the world. You download us, put up with our shenanigans. We love you. And appreciate you sticking with us through the the flexible scheduling these last couple of weeks. (laughs) We'll promise to keep pumping them out. We can't guarantee what day they're coming out on. Hey, you never know. We might record on Tuesday next week and, you know, put out a Wednesday. That'd be something. (laughs) That'd 
be that'd be awfully novel wouldn't it <laughs> all right everybody we will see you next week peace it's tearing up my heart